Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I am back in front of this microphone. We've had a little break for the holidays. I hope you had a great Christmas, and we had quite the adventure. We were on our way back from San Antonio, Lisa and I traveling. We had a great visit with our family, and I hope you enjoyed the podcasts that we had teed up for you. Some of them were re-releases, and some was new content that we released, set up everything to be available to you while we were traveling, and I just made one mistake. I didn't anticipate not getting home when we intended to get home. So you missed an episode yesterday. If you noticed that, it's because we were stuck in the great Midwestern blizzard of 2023. We arrived in Denver safely on Christmas Day, and then within a couple of hours, were notified by United that our flight to North Platte was canceled because of a blizzard in Nebraska. There was a tremendous snowstorm across Nebraska and Colorado and some of the mountain states. And so we were fortunate enough. God protected us. We got a hotel room right there in the Denver airport and then uh, rescheduled for the flight for yesterday at 7 a.m. And then about 1 a.m. we got another text message from United that that flight had been canceled and the following day's flights had all been canceled. Now I've got surgery today, so I really needed to get home. There's people who've been waiting to have their procedures done. And so we called American Express, and they called to try to get us a rental car, and God did another nice thing for us. We had the very last rental car available at the Denver airport. They checked Hertz, they checked Avis, they checked Budget, they checked Enterprise, and Enterprise had one car left, and it just happened to be an all-wheel drive SUV, which is the only car that potentially could have made it through that snowstorm, and we were able to rent that car. So Yesterday, Lisa and I had quite the adventure of driving through a tremendous blizzard, uh, and I-76 and I-80 stayed open. We actually, uh, about an hour out of North Platte, saw a horrible accident on the westbound lanes, and we saw them close I-80 to westbound traffic right in front of us around Ogallala, Nebraska. And then literally as we were getting off the highway in North Platte after this tremendous and stressful drive, God gave us favor all the way through, as we were coming off the highway, they closed the eastbound lanes. So if we had needed to go farther than North Platte, we wouldn't have made it because they closed the highway. So we were one of the last several cars off the interstate before they closed the interstate. We made it. So we made it, turned in the rental car, got our truck. Um, our friends Alan Kristen had gone to the airport for us and brought the truck to the rental car place. And so we got home. We stopped to check the mail and got stuck in a snow drift at our own mailbox after that whole adventure. We got stuck. Alan Kristen came and pulled us out. And I've never gotten my four-wheel drive truck stuck before, but there I was. And it wasn't going anywhere. It was kind of high-centered on a snowbank and kind of dug down into the snow, and it wasn't going anywhere. So Al was Alan Kristen very kindly came and helped me out of there. And then after that whole adventure, I spent the rest of the afternoon in the side-by-side clearing snow out of our house, out of our driveway and off our porch and all that. So it turned into quite the adventure. And all that to say, I'm just grateful to be home, to be back. I'm going to pay the piper for having been gone for a few days here. The next couple of days are going to be really busy for me. So appreciate your prayers. But we had a great trip, and I hope you did too. I hope you had a great Christmas. And today we're going to just talk about something that came up while we were away, we've been since November talking about getting this idea that that God has a new thing for your life, friend. 
And if you've been through trauma or tragedy or some other kind of massive thing this year or recently, or if you're still dealing with something that's happened in the past, or if you just feel stuck and you can't quite get the momentum to go forward, you need to believe that God wants to keep his promises for you. In Isaiah 43 is our verse that we believe God has a new thing. And that's what he says. He says, behold, forget the former things. This is Isaiah 43, 18. Forget the former things. Okay, whatever's happened in the past, we got, we got to put that down. Don't dwell on the past. See, God says, forty three nineteen Isaiah 43, 19, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, friend, that's our verse, okay? I want you to hold on to that promise that whatever you've been through, wherever you are emotionally and mentally, spiritually, financially, physically, relationally, wherever you are, God doesn't want you to stay there. He's got a new thing for you. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying he wants you to leave your family and all that. I'm saying that the place that you're at, if you know that you're stuck, that you're stuck in something that's happened in the past that you can't move past, that you're stuck in grief or stuck in shame or stuck in addiction or stuck in just poor performance, if you're just stuck and you're, you can't seem to move on, God has a better plan for you. than He didn't put you here. For you to be stuck, stuck like I was in that snowbank yesterday. He's got a new plan for you. And the idea for 2024 needs to be not a thousand New Year's resolutions that you already know you won't keep. Not that. He needs you to change your mind because you can't get there by doing the same things that got you here. It didn't matter yesterday how much I backed up and pulled forward and turned my wheels and went into low four wheel drive. It didn't matter. Once I was high centered on that snowbank, I was not going anywhere without some external help. I was not going to. If Al hadn't been there to put that strap on the bumper and help me back out of that hole, I wasn't going anywhere until that snow melted, okay? Because what got me there wasn't going to get me out. I was stuck. And if you're stuck too, and you want 2024 not to feel like 2023 and every year before has felt, then you've got to do a new thing with God. You've got to let Him do the new thing. And we're going to talk about pathways to do that today. And we're going to talk about one specific thing that's keeping some people stuck. We had a, a friend who revealed some stuff to us on this trip that they need to hear a word today about how to change something. We'll talk a little bit about some particular habits that might be keeping you stuck and some things that might help you to sort of shake off the things that are hindering you. And we're going to do all that in just a few minutes. Before we do, though, I have one question for you. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. All right, you ready? Let's get after it. <laughs> I love that song. Hey, listen, season nine has been all about neuroscience. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we've been digging deeper into how our brains and our minds are created, how they're wired, and what we can do about the parts of them that aren't 
serving us well. If, if there's something in your working in your brain that's not helping you, the good news is we know now clearly through the neuroscience that you can change the way that your brain works. You can. And the most powerful agent of change of neural pathways is directed thinking. The power of mental force, as Jeffrey Schwartz calls it, self-directed neuroplasticity, if you want to use the technical term. You can change the way that your brain works. You can change the synapses and the pathways, and you can, over time, learn to think differently than you have. I'm always telling you, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And what we know about the brain very clearly now is the brain is the only computer in the world where the software, your mind, can upgrade the hardware, your brain. If you have a, say, MacBook Pro on your desk that's old, like mine, it needs to be replaced, okay? You're not going to wake up one morning and go in there and find a brand new PC that's that somehow the old computer has upgraded itself into a new computer. You're not going to find that your old iPhone has suddenly turned itself into a brand new iPhone 15, titanium, because computers can't upgrade their own hardware. They can't, but your brain can't. And we, we know clearly now through imaging studies, if you learn to think different thoughts, you will rewire and improve structural things in your brain. The meditators and prayers, for example, have been shown over 30 days to dramatically increase the volume of the hippocampus of their brains and become more emotionally resilient by learning how to control their thoughts. It's just not, it's not a question. It's not a self-help guru trick. It's not some, some mental hack. It's true that you can literally change the wiring of your brain and make it function more efficiently, effectively, and in your control instead of being out of your control. Now, the bad news is that process is automated toward the negative, towards a survival-only instinct, that these new brain cells that you make every morning, some 800,000 cells that you make in your body every second of your life, those cells will all automate and wire into pathways that are already there unless you direct them elsewhere. They're going to automate and go into the way that they've always been if you don't give them a new job to do. Because what got you here will keep getting you here if you don't change it. That's why you're stuck, okay? Dawson Church in his book, Mind to Matter, quotes a lot of research about the fact that your body is constantly regenerating itself. 810,000 cells on average every second of your life. I pause to slow that down because I want you to hear it. Your body, when you look in the mirror, is not the same as it was the last time you looked in the mirror because every second of your life, you make about 810,000 cells. And what happens to those cells will automate to to the ways that they've always been assigned unless you give them a new job. And if you birth them in the same stress and worry and fear and alcohol and depression and anxiety that you've always birthed them in, then they're going to wire in and do the same things over and over. But if you choose to let God help you change your mind, then you can let those cells come into an environment that's about love and kindness and peace and and a different mindset. And you can wire those cells into a better starting place. We know that babies that are born in those orphanages, for example, in Croatia and Serbia and and during that conflict, that those babies that were born that were orphaned and left in, in orphanages, that they were raised in these cribs and nobody touched them, right? They were bathed in a stressful environment, and they didn't get nourishing, and they didn't get love from the start. And those kids all grew up and had lots of problems emotionally because they didn't they didn't start well. 
Well, the same thing will happen with the cells that happen in your body if you don't let them start in a better environment, in a better thought environment, in a better peaceful and more hopeful place, then they're going to just wire into the same old, same old, and your life is going to continue to feel stuck like I was yesterday in that snowdrift. So let's do something different. Let's change something. Let me pivot for just a second. We're getting close to the end of the year, and I do not want next year to start for you like it's always started. Okay, We all do the same thing. We make all these New Year's resolutions, and we don't even believe them when we write them down. Right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to run five miles a day. I'm going to eat 100 calories a day. I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm going to go to church every five days a week. I'm going to read a thousand books. I'm going to make a million dollars. We say all these things, and we already know we're not going to do any of them. That's why something like 75% of New Year's resolutions are abandoned by the second week of the year because people just aren't very good at snapping their fingers and making these dramatic changes, right? So I don't want that for you. What I want, rather, is for you to take God seriously when he says in Isaiah 43, I'm doing a new thing, and I want you to forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. I want you to believe that I'm making a way in the wilderness and a stream in the wasteland, and here's how you do it, okay? Here's how you do it. In my career as a neurosurgeon, unfortunately, I get to see a lot of people who have done some particular thing for the last time in their whole life. This is a sobering thought for a moment. There's going to be a last time that you do all the things that you do in your life. And I'm in the place where I get to see the people who had one more time something to drink and decided they needed to get in their car for some reason and they didn't make it and had a crash and now they have a head injury or spinal cord injury or now they're dying of a brain bleed. And that was the last time that they drank alcohol was because they decided to drive their car. And that last time was not in their control. They don't get to choose the next time whether or not to because now they've died or they've injured themselves. Or I get to see the, the time when dad had one more drink and slipped and fell down the stairs and, and hurt himself and the kids put him in a nursing home and now he doesn't have the choice. It's not his choice anymore to say no. I get to see the guy who raised his hand to his wife one more time and she shot him. That's not going to happen to me again. I'm, I'm going to say no to that again. I, I get to see that stuff. The, the kid who hit his head on the sidewalk because he didn't wear a helmet, even though mom and dad say, oh, he always wears his helmet. Well, he didn't wear it this time. And now it's the last time. So I'm in the place where I see that, where people decided not to consciously choose that this would be the last time and they've hurt themselves or something bad has happened. And I just want to tell you, if there's something in your life that is harming you and you know it's harming you, or there's some behavior in your life that's threatening your marriage, or there's some addiction in your life, or there's some pornography, or there's some relationship, or there's some alcohol, or there's something in your life that when you do it, you always have a little voice in your head that sounds a little bit like Isaiah 43. Forget the former things. I want to do something new in your life. Like You have this nudge that, hey, this is, this is something I'm having trouble with, and I need to get this under control, or I need to decide, like Job 38.11 says, this far you may come and no farther. So Job, God says, I look at the ocean and I tell the ocean how far it can come. And I say, no farther than this. This is it. And friend, I just want you to, I just want you today, as we're getting close to the end of the year, to say there may be some places in your life where you already know that you need to control when that last time is so somebody else doesn't control it for you. 
much. Like I said before, those new cells that grow in your brain every or in your body every second, those 800 and something thousand cells that form every single second, you can direct what happens to some of them by changing your thinking, but they will direct themselves if you don't. And the same thing, whatever this thing is in your life, whether it's alcohol or pornography or abusive behavior or gambling or whatever it might be, there's going to come a last time. When that thing happens for the last time in your life, and I don't want it to be when you're 97 years old and you've just blown your whole life out and wasted years and years of your life on something you've already knew you needed to change. And I also don't want it to happen with sirens and lights. And I don't want it to happen with divorce. And I don't want it to happen with having to go to recovery against your will. Okay? I want you to choose. That God, help me make this the last time. Help me take a, make a choice here to direct my life in a different way to say this far and no farther. So if you already know, friend, that there's something that needs to change, then instead of a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions that you know you're not going to keep, let's just make one decision today. Let's make one And let's say, I'm going to pick this particular thing, and that's where I'm going to focus my effort. That's where I'm going to get help, find recovery, find healing, find an accountability partner, find a therapist, find a doctor, find some way to get this thing taken care of this year. That's the thing. Let's make one sea change here. Let's make one decision where I can't get out of this snowdrift, and i got to have Al come and attach something to my bumper and help me drive out of here. It's time to make a decision this far and no farther. That's what I want for you for 2024. Not a whole bunch of meaningless New Year's resolutions. And let's talk about Hebrews 12 for a second. This is the way I want you to think about it. Therefore, this is Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and you've got witnesses here, okay? Even if you don't have a family or a church or a whole bunch of people, maybe there's people who have gone before you that are looking down from heaven, you can view it that way. Or you can view the 120,000 or so people that are going to hear this podcast this month. And you can say, those are my people, the other self-brain surgeons, and they're listening, and they're watching, and they're praying, and they're out on the prayer wall, and they're with me. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And by the way, friend, go to speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren, speakpipe.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. You don't even have to identify yourself if you don't want. You can say, I'm Joe from Saginaw, Michigan, and I am throwing off X for 2024, and I need a great cloud of witnesses to help me do that. And we'll be with you. We'll pray for you. Or you can just say, hey, I don't want to say my name, but I'm in Mumbai, or I'm in Dallas, or I'm in wherever, or I'm, don't even say where you are, and just say, hey, I need it. I need some witnesses. I need some fellow self-brain surgeons to know that this is the thing I'm choosing for 2024. Put your voice out there, or don't. Send an email, Lee at Dr. Lee Warner. Go to the prayer wall, wleewarnmd.com slash prayer, but stick yourself in the game. Put some skin in the game, and tell us that you need a great cloud of witnesses to help you throw this thing off. So let us throw off, the scripture says, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God. So here's the thing. If we consider what he went through, then we won't grow weary and lose heart when we try to go through something hard, okay? Now, I just want you to think about that. God says, I got a new thing for you, Isaiah 43. 
that Job said that I want you to go this far and no farther. We're, we're choosing a place where we're choosing a time where we are not going to continue allowing that thing to be the thing that keeps us stuck. And we're going to make a decision that we're going to start taking control of some of those new cells and what happens in our body. And we're going to recognize the fact that we're not stuck, that it's a lie when you hear your mind tell you that I can't change this thing and I'm stuck in this place and I can't make it better than this. Because the truth is you're not even the same person you were one second ago. Your body is designed to heal. It is making new cells. It is making new pathways. God's mercies are new every morning and you're not stuck. You are not stuck. You just have to change directions. You have to change gears. And sometimes you need somebody to come along and put a strap on your bumper and pull you out. But you are not stuck. It's not impossible. Okay? I want you to remember, God said it in Isaiah one eighteen. Come now, let us settle the matter. He says, you are not stuck. I want to reason with you, he says. Your sins are as scarlet. They'll be white as snow. I can change you with the snap of my fingers, but you've got to be ready. Okay? You got to be ready. Now, I feel like Harvey and Lewis, our beloved German short hairs that we lost back in September, miss those guys every day. But I, I remember watching them, and they would get on a scent of something, and they would run around this property. It was so beautiful to watch. They put their nose on the ground, run as fast as they could, and they were after something. And you'd see them just sniffing and chasing and running, and all of a sudden they would start digging, and boom, they would pull up a gopher or something, a mole or a gopher out of the ground. They chased that thing around. They were on that scent, and you could tell they were after it. And you were just wondering if they were going to find it. And then they did. And they would dig it out and they would come up with it. And I feel like for a couple of months now, since we started season nine on the podcast, I feel like we've been after something. And I haven't even really fully understood what God was trying to get me onto. I, I know I'm supposed to teach you how your mind and your brain work. And I know I'm supposed to connect that to your spirit because there's not a lot of neuroscientists out there who are connecting God to the mind. But but I think that's where we're supposed to go, and that's what my next book's going to be about. You're going to help me write it, by the way. But I've been after something, and what I've been after is this idea that we are in some control. We're in some control over what happens in our lives, but it's hard. It's hard to make changes when things have been so automated for so long. We've got these deep synaptic grooves like wagon ruts that, that it's hard to get out of. And the reason it's hard is because it, it there's so much resistance to jumping up out of those ruts. Just like yesterday, there was so much resistance to getting out of that snowdrift for me. But what we're after, what, I'm, what I've been following, is this knowledge that we've learned that when you do hard things willfully, your cingulate gyrus gets more robust and it gets easier for you to shift out of something hard to towards something more effective, to shift out of something synaptically programmed and into something more helpful. It gets easier for you to do that the more you put yourself through the process of doing something hard. That's why we did two episodes recently of You Can Do Hard Things. Go back and listen to those. We know that your brain becomes structurally more robust in the areas related to resilience when you push yourself through hard things. Now, let me give you an example from alcohol use. 
This is interesting. So we had a conversation with a friend on this trip who said, hey, I'm depressed. I'm taking antidepressants. I'm drinking more than I should, and I'm and I'm worried about my memory, and I'm struggling emotionally, and I just don't know, I don't understand how I can get out of this rut. Well, let me give you some good news, friend. Here's some good news. And first, a prescription from your friend, the brain surgeon, okay? If you are depressed and requiring antidepressant medications, and you are using alcohol, this is clear from the science, the number one way for you to improve your depression and most likely to be even able to possibly get off of your antidepressant is to stop using alcohol. Okay, this might hit you like a ton of bricks. Alcohol is a central nervous system depressant and it worsens clinical depression. And if you're taking alcohol, using alcohol and requiring an antidepressant, you need to stop drinking alcohol. Okay, that's a prescription from your friend because the use of alcohol worsens the neurochemical environment in your brain and makes depression and anxiety simultaneously worse. And so if you're requiring medication already for your mental health and you're using alcohol, then you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're making the depression worse, increasing the need for the antidepressant by taking a substance that makes your brain more chemically depressed. So if you're struggling with that, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety and you're using medications for that, you need to get alcohol out of your life. That's an emergency. Make it one of those things that you choose when you're going to stop. Whatever the cost, okay, whatever hard work it takes you, whatever embarrassment it might be for you to admit to your loved one that you need help in that area or to talk to your doctor about ways to break that cycle, you need to get off of alcohol if you're struggling with depression. Okay, I'm saying that to you as a friend because people commit suicide over this. They don't understand why they feel so bad. They don't understand why the antidepressants aren't working. They believe in their minds that alcohol helps with their depression when it's a big lie from the devil that it actually makes your depression worse. And they use alcohol and they become progressively more hopeless and they eventually take their own lives. Or they have a car accident or they run out of wine and they need one more bottle and they've already had some and they decide to drive and they have an accident and run over somebody in the crosswalk and their life becomes about dealing with that legal issue. I, I hate to say it that way, but I've seen it with my own eyes so many times in the ER and in the ICU, and it's just a, it's a terrible situation. So take control of it, okay? If you're drinking alcohol and also requiring an antidepressant, the best path forward for you is to stop using alcohol. That's the best path. There's an amazing article from recoveryanswers.org recoveryanswers.org about people who have been in alcohol treatment centers for alcohol use disorder. And there's some really good news from the research about what happens to these people when they stop drinking. And this is these are people that have had to go to institutions, okay? And they've shown that after a single session of inpatient recovery and getting off alcohol for even up to just 30 days shows significant improvements in their short-term memory, long-term memory, verbal IQ, verbal fluency, and not only behavior, but that functional imaging studies have shown that the structure of their brains becomes progressively more normal and their volume of their hippocampus, which is involved in memory, improves significantly within six months of abstinence. So these are people who are alcohol dependent, okay? They're alcoholics who have been in treatment facilities. They can make their brains almost back to normal in several important areas, okay? Now, some things don't get better. Cerebellar function, visuospatial skills, attention deficits, those don't really get better even after six months. 
But if you're you're not in that situation where you're an identified alcoholic in a treatment center and all that, if you're just a person who's getting concerned about your own mental health, you're taking an antidepressant, you're worried about your memory, you're struggling with your day-to-day function because you know you're drinking too much, the good news is your memory will get better if you stop drinking, almost certainly, okay? Now, yes, people can have Alzheimer's, and yes, people can have other dementias and all that, but if you're using alcohol and you're worried about your memory, the number one way that you can improve your memory is to stop using alcohol. That is clear-cut from the neuroscience. If you're worried about your memory before you go take Aricept and before you go put yourself through a whole bunch of dementia testing and all of that stuff, get alcohol out of your way. This is important, friend. Get alcohol out of your way. If you're worried about your memory, get alcohol out of your way. If you're worried about depression, get alcohol out of your way. If you're worried about anxiety, because all of those things get better when you remove alcohol from the mix. Okay, now that's enough of that. I'm just saying that because it's amazing to me how often we spend countless dollars and countless trips to the doctor and countless trips to the therapist about depression or anxiety or memory loss or other kinds of mental issues, and we still have alcohol in the mix. You need to get it out of there. Okay, Go read my friend Annie Grace's book, This Naked Mind. There's a lot of research about this in there. You need to let that be one of the new things that God is trying to do in your life for 2023. Okay, As we close today, friend, I I wanted to give you this idea that we're on to something. We're sniffing the ground, and what we're sniffing is we understand that the cingulate gyrus gets more robust when you willfully put yourself through hard things, when you do things that seem unpleasant or difficult and you do them anyway, your brain gets more able to handle hard things that come along. You become more resilient, more able to handle trials and traumas and tragedies and things that come along. And we know now that when you stop drinking alcohol, because it's hard to do that, when you stop gambling, because it's hard to do that, when you get yourself help for pornography addiction, because it's hard to do that, guess what happens? Your hippocampus and your cingulate gyrus get more robust. That's what we've been sniffing after, okay? I thought it was interesting research. What it really is, is proof that when you give something to God, He heals you. And Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, let all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. Okay? He redeems my life from the pit. He crowns me with love and compassion and satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is restored like the eagles. That's Psalm 103. He will heal the parts of your brain that your habits and your lifestyle have caused if you're willing to give him a chance to do so. So instead of a whole bunch of meaningless New Year's resolutions, let's remember the Ten Commandments of Self-Brain Surgery and let's decide that we're going to throw off the things that are hindering us, even if they're not sinful things. Sometimes they are. But anything that hinders, and let's just grab onto this idea, settle the matter, reason with God, and, and, and understand that He has a new thing. But what got me here won't get me there any more than me spinning my wheels yesterday was going to get me out of that snowbank. Okay? The Ten Commandments of Self-Brain Surgery relentlessly refuse to participate in our own demise. If you're opening a bottle to try to make yourself feel better about something, and the next day you don't feel better about it and you feel worse, you're paying a tomorrow tax. Stop paying a tomorrow tax. Okay, love your brain more. Love tomorrow more. Relentlessly refuse to participate in your own demise. And for goodness sakes, if you're taking an antidepressant and using alcohol, stop using alcohol. And you may find 
that you don't need the antidepressant anymore after a while. You might still, but you might not, because it may be the alcohol that's keeping you in the need for it. Okay? I'm just saying, whatever's hindering you, we got a few days left in this year to get our heads on straight about what God wants to do next year. God wants to do a new thing. He wants next year to be the year of the Lord's favor in your life. He wants you to choose when the last time is so it doesn't have to get chosen for you by your kids or by the police or by the ICU doctor or by the mortician, okay? He he doesn't want you to let other people make those choices for you. He wants to help you make them for yourself. He wants you to change your mind. He wants you to change your life, friend. And right here on December 27th, the good news is he also wants you to start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audio books. Hey, the theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer, and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter, Self Brain Surgery, every Sunday since 2014, helping people in all 50 states and 60-plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'll talk to you soon. Remember, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today.